as we venture into the murky waters of everything you've been told never to bring up at holiday dinner. You'll meet a guy, someone you can trust, a battle-tested, common-sense leader who knows that an extra pair of dry socks just might save your life. That wise old sage has arrived, and he is shouting the Schmidt Show battle cry. Schmidt heads unite! Good morning, good afternoon. Good evening. Time appropriate greetings, depending on where in the world you are listening to the Schmidt Show podcast. I want to give a quick shout out uh, to... uh, my friend from South Africa, um, who's been uh, chatting with me a little bit lately, a um, lot going on in his life, and there's a lot going on in South Africa, and uh, not to share any of his, any of his personal details, um, but uh, just a lot going on in that part of the world. And so if you are the praying kind of person, uh, maybe say a prayer for him and his family, and uh he just seems to be a really good dude. We don't know each other really well, but um, through the podcast here, we've been able to uh, uh, chat a little bit, and uh, he shared some of what's going on over there. So uh, uh, keep him in your prayers if that is your uh, philosophical leaning, we'll say it that way. So, uh, But just, uh, yeah, just wanted to mention that as we kick off the Schmidt Show today. Uh, I, I want to say this. The, there is, of course, with the uh, news over the weekend— uh, El Paso, Ohio, uh, and all that that has gone on. I have to ask the question, what is there to say on a day like today that hasn't already been said? We have uh, we've continued to discuss at great length the topic of shootings, guns, mental health, all of that kind of thing with just unending repetition. And and I'm not sure that there's a whole lot more to be said. So one of the things I'm going to do, I, I actually took the time to write it out. I don't normally write out my uh, or script my shows, my terrestrial show or the podcast. Um, but I wanted to to try to put some of my thoughts in place on this topic as we um, as we go through the week. Um there is a very vocal group of folks that are calling for gun control. There's also going to be a very vocal group calling for mental health changes and mental health um, issues or changes in the mental health world or industry, if you want to call it that. Um, There's also going to be a very vocal group claiming that gun control is unnecessary and won't help anyway. Um, but I want to just kind of try to lay out my thoughts on this. This is essentially my monologue, my opening monologue from my radio show yesterday, my terrestrial show yesterday. Uh, the murderous maniac in El Paso cited his bigotry and racism as motivation for this horrific crime spree. However, he also expressed a frustration with both political parties, the Democrats for their open borders, uh, the GOP, because Republicans are, quote, pro-corporation, and therefore pro-corporation equals pro-immigration. He wrote about his support for a universal basic income, which he believes is the only way to stop, quote, widespread uh, 
poverty and civil unrest. He also penned his support for, quote, ambitious social projects like universal health care. He also believes that we, the way we Americans live in all of our decadence is, quote, destroying the environment of our country, claiming that, again, quote, the decimation of the environment is creating a massive burden for future generations, none of which seems to fit the narrative that he is a, a radical right-wing Trump supporter. Um, he is, all of those things are, are issues that Bernie Sanders and nearly every one of the other Democrat candidates on the trail right now running for president have, have put forward themselves. Um, the idea of a universal basic income, uh, the Andrew, um, can't think of his last name now. Um, he's, uh, he's running for president on the Democrats ticket. He's not gotten a lot of, um, not gotten a lot of press. Andrew something or another can't remember his name, but he has pushed for the universal basic income. Bernie Sanders and, and, uh, many of the others have, uh, talked about their push for or their support for universal basic income. Universal health care, of course, is a uh, a plank of the Democratic platform. So we can try to lay all of this at the feet of Donald Trump, but the reality is that this homicidal psychopath himself debunks that very notion. He specifically stated in his crazed ramblings that they're they're trying to legitimize by calling it a quote-unquote manifesto. That his quote, and this is what he said, his ideology has not changed for several years. And that his opinions on automation, immigration, and the, and the rest predate Trump and his campaign for president. He goes on to state specifically, I'm putting this here because some people will blame the president or certain presidential candidates for the attack. This is not the case. I know that the media will probably call me a white supremacist anyway and blame Trump's rhetoric. He then gives this dark prediction that within hours of the attack came true. He said, quote, the media is infamous for their fake news. Their reaction to this attack will likely just confirm that. All of which proves that what happened in El Paso had nothing to do with Donald Trump. And in my opinion, had nothing to do with politics at all. It was about the reality of evil in our world. Evil exists and we have to stop pretending that it doesn't. Likewise, people on the right will try to tie the psychosis of the barbarian from Dayton to the ideology of Elizabeth Warren. And they will claim his being a registered Democrat is evidence that their ideology is bad. And while it appears that he was, according to the Ohio Board of Elections, a registered Democrat, that being a true fact has nothing to do with his violent insanity. And it is my opinion that his violent insanity was not driven by his politics. And I also believe that to claim otherwise is not only lazy, but it continues to attribute an incorrect source. And that's part of the problem. For decades in this country, we have been trying to argue that all ideologies are equal, that all societies, that all cultures, everything is everyone is equal. We've been so brainwashed into the thought process of equal means fair and that fairness is the ultimate goal that we've become incapable of addressing the saddening reality that equality is just as much of a myth as fairness, which leads us to 
conclusions that are just simply unsustainable in reality. Yet at the same time, we argue that any ideology that differs from our own is inferior, giving no supporting evidence to prove our position, but basing most of what we believe about a particular issue on the intensity of our emotions about it. Is it any wonder why we're so confused? We blame things, inanimate objects for crime. We blame poverty for crime, yet claim that there is some sort of natural inherent nobility in those who are poor. We idolize celebrity yet demonize success. We shun greed while we stick out our own hands in in greed and lash out with our voices in envy. Of course, people will huff and pshaw with apathy when I say this, but the reality is that we need to turn back to a time when we all knew that right and wrong existed and that we all knew clearly what the boundaries were that defined such words. We've got to stop basing our positions, uh, political, philosophical, moral, or otherwise, on emotion. Just because you feel strongly about something doesn't make it right. Just because your emotions run high when a particular topic is discussed doesn't make you a moralistic authority on the subject. In fact, oftentimes the exact opposite is true. The, 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 this is the, the, the follow your heart mentality. Follow your heart may be the worst advice ever given to anyone about anything. Your heart is deceitful and is going to lead you into all sorts of destructive folly. My suggestion is instead follow truth. Be willing to acknowledge that objective truth is in fact knowable. And don't ignore it when you find it. Interestingly enough, most of us do know it when we see it. In fact, I would argue that those that don't know truth, objective truth, when they see it, are actually the ones that we end up reading about and hearing about in the stories of tragedy that play out on our screens in such hideous detail. It is this idea that that truth is somehow unknowable or that whatever is true for you is true for you. But what's true for me may not be true for you. Or what's true for you may not be true for me. Well, the reality is some things are objectively true and can be verified through, call it a scientific process or, or whatever. And, and some of the things that we seem to think are black and white can also be uh, a little bit muddy, a little bit clear or unclear, a little bit of gray area. While at the same time, some things that we think have lots of gray area actually have none. The, the example that I used on my radio show yesterday uh, is, is essentially uh, somewhat absurd of, as, a, as an illustration, but it, it makes the point. If a plane crashes and we know that we can, we can analyze the evidence, we can determine that this particular part in the engine failed which caused the engine to, to self-destruct or, or uh, fall apart and, and ended up causing the plane to crash, we can say objectively that this was the cause of the plane crash. The tragedy that happened afterwards, the tragedy that followed, was caused by a specific thing happening. 
that can be traced back to a particular uh, moment in time where this part of the engine failed, where this part of the wing failed or whatever. There's no, no evil to attribute to it, no malicious cause, nothing like that. It's just something that happened that ended in tragedy and the lives of the people on the plane being lost. Now, the same thing can be true of a, let's say, a, a, a hijacking of a plane. If the individual, you know, who, who has malicious intent on the airplane storms the cockpit, kills the pilot, and intentionally crashes the plane and kills everybody on it, that can be attributed. attributed there is, uh, there is ob- un- uh, undeniable truth what caused that plane crash in both instances. One can be attributed to malicious evil. One, simply you know, bad luck or whatever you want to call it. But there are objective truths, things that cannot be argued, that led to the final tragedy. We can discuss motives of the individual who intentionally crashed the plane. We can discuss whether it was his ideology. We can discuss whether it was his, his you know, suicidal tendencies, whatever it is. But the reality is there is an objective truth that can be ascertained. And, and we've got to stop pretending that truth does not exist and that some ideologies are good, other ideologies are not good. And, or I'm sorry, not, we, not, we need to acknowledge that some ideologies are good and some ideologies are not good. We, we have to have that discussion. We have to be able to say, this ideology is bad. If your ideology causes you to go on a rampage and shoot and kill 22 people and injure m- multiple more, that is a bad ideology. And it doesn't matter if it is a, 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 you know, a political ideology, a religious ideology, a, a racist ideology, or, or anything else— it's a bad ideology. And it is not an ideology that deserves to be to be held in any sort of uh regard in the world on a a stage of debate or in any other rational discussion. And this is this can be said about a lot of ideologies. This can be said about a lot of philosophies of political positions. The, the, was it Beto O'Rourke claimed, claiming that, that Donald Trump was at fault for, for the shooting in Dayton, Ohio. I believe it was uh, also um, um, Kamala Harris said something about this is, this is essentially Trump's fault and the ideology that Trump um, portrays or the rhetoric that he uses. Well, using that logic, we can then say that it it is it is if Trump is a is equivalent to a maniacal gun-toting murderer because of his rhetoric because of his ideology because of his political positions on various topics like immigration and whatnot then it is safe to say that Bernie Sanders 
and his supporters as democratic socialists, as they like to call themselves, are also then genocidal maniacs themselves. Because the ideology of socialism, as I've, I've laid out several times, over the last hundred years, since about 1917, has, has literally been responsible for the deaths of hundreds of millions of people. So using the ideology or using the, 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 the thought process that Trump is guilty because he said some things on Twitter of what this evil jerkwad did in, in Texas is no different than saying that Bernie Sanders is a genocidal maniac who desires for the deaths of hundreds of millions of people. Both are absurd. Both are inaccurate. To, to suggest that Bernie Sanders is responsible for the deaths of hundreds of millions of people is, is absurd. His ideology and the ideology that he follows or espouses has led to, in the past, hundreds of millions of people dying. Bernie Sanders thinks that he can do it better, that it wouldn't happen again. I disagree with that. You may agree that he can do it better. Those are simply ideological positions. But if you agree with Bernie Sanders, it doesn't make you a genocidal maniac who wants to kill hundreds of millions of people. If I disagree with Bernie Sanders, it doesn't make me a homicidal maniac who wants to kill people in Texas. We have to be able to separate objective truth from emotional, uh, just over-passionate, irrationality. These things can be separated. I don't believe Bernie Sanders can do socialism better because I don't believe that socialism can be done better. I believe that is an immoral and inherently flawed ideology. But I don't believe that that makes Bernie Sanders responsible or somehow equivalent to the people who have been responsible for the deaths, you know, of millions, of, of Chairman Mao, of Stalin, of Lenin, of Pol Pot. I don't believe that that puts Bernie Sanders on the same level as them. I believe it makes Bernie Sanders naive. I believe it makes him um, ignorant of history or, or whatever. But I don't think it makes him evil. Now, unless he is somewhere sitting in a room plotting that, hey, I believe the that humans are going to ruin the environment, and so I've got to figure, a way, figure out a way to thin the herd, and this is his plan, but I really, really doubt that that's happening. I, I really don't believe that Bernie Sanders is, is plotting the deaths of millions of people so that he can somehow save the environment. I, I think that's. I think it's absurd to claim absurd to claim such things, and I, I believe it doesn't move the the discussion forward. But at the same time, I, I would reach out to those on the left and say, "You've got to stop blaming Trump." Donald Trump did not drive this homicidal maniac in El Paso, Texas, to kill twenty two people. Donald Trump's ideology, Donald Trump's stances on, on immigration did not drive this insane, evil human being to do such a thing.
In fact, I would suggest the only thing that drove him is evil. There is a a spiritual crisis that we are facing in the world today. And I'm not talking about a religious spiritual thing. I mean, I I have my own opinions about that. I've been fairly clear about my views. And and as a former pastor, I believe in in what I believe in. That's not the kind of spiritual thing that I'm talking about. I'm talking about the spirit of humanity. We are facing a spiritual crisis more than a political crisis, more than a philosophical crisis, more than any sort of, of, of ideological crisis, we are facing a spiritual crisis. We have abandoned the idea of right and wrong and objective right and wrong. And it has created an incredible amount of confusion. And I think and, and I'm not trying to, to um, lessen the importance in the issue of mental health. I have friends who struggle with mental health issues, whether it's anxiety or depression or, or bipolar disorder or whatever. I have friends that, that, that struggle with this, this issue. So I'm not trying to diminish the importance of that. But I believe that the the abandonment of objective truth, the abandonment of understanding and and calling for or acknowledging right and wrong has led to and and exacerbated the issues of mental health. Someone who is already confused due to mental health issues and and I mean pick a pick a disorder whether it's you know schizophrenia or bipolar or or you know body dysmorphia or gender dysmorphia i mean pick a a mental disorder there's a million of them from the most severe of schizophrenics to the most um mild cases of of depression there there is there is a without question, a mental health crisis that we are facing in this country specifically. And and I I guess I can't speak to the the, um, the mental health issues around the world, but specifically here in the U.S., we're facing mental health issues that need to be dealt with. But I believe the, the lack of, of, willingness to acknowledge the existence of objective truth and right and wrong is exacerbating that. Someone who's already confused because of mental health issues, not being able to separate right and wrong or confusing right and wrong and saying, well, my view of what is right, my understanding of truth, what is true for me leads me to do things that are objectively wrong for all of humanity. This, this whack job, this nutcase, horrific monster in El Paso, Texas, believed that what was true for him was that immigration and illegal immigration is destroying the world, is destroying America. That Hispanics and Mexicans coming from Mexico into the U.S. are evil and and destroying our nation. That led him, that true for him, 
as I use my air air quotes, that true for him led him to do something that is objectively evil. The you know the the Old Testament and the of the of the Christian Bible and the, the Ten Commandments, right? Thou, it says, "Thou shalt not kill." That is that is an objective truth for everyone. Now, there's discussion, and as a as a biblical scholar and having a, a degree in biblical languages, there's there's something to be said about it's not just "Thou shalt not kill," but more accurately, accurately, they're not "Thou shalt not." commit murder or thou shalt not kill with malicious intent. The, the original language suggests that. So thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not murder, is an objective truth. We all know, and you don't have to be told this by the Bible, right? We all know that any society that would allow for murder in their society would soon very quickly cease to exist as a society. That culture would nearly overnight collapse. If murder was an acceptable behavior, that society would collapse within moments. I mean, historically. That is an objective truth. And so we have this this whack job, this insane, evil monster in... El Paso, Texas, that decided that my truth, what I believe to be true about Hispanics, about Mexicans, about illegal immigrants or whatever, led me to commit an evil act that is objectively evil by any standard. Because I was able to say, well, this is true for me. And so when you you compound all of these things, the mental health issues, the, the what is true for me, and, and I get to be the final determinant of what it means to be righteous, we end up what we, with what we ended up with in El Paso, Texas, and in Dayton, Ohio. And that is one of the things that absolutely has to be discussed in this, in this topic, in this issue. The problem is that we do no longer have the intestinal fortitude to have that discussion in this country, in my opinion. Because nobody wants to be the one to say, what you are doing is wrong. There, there, there is no longer any appetite for holding people accountable. We have murderers that go to jail for months instead of lifetimes. We have rapists that get off because judges think they have a good athletic career ahead of them. We have all sorts of, of things that that excuse evil behavior, both in the law and and just in our culture. We excuse all sort of evil and deviant behavior because no one wants to say that what you're doing, the way you're living, the things that you are engaging in are not only bad for you, but bad for society.
So this discussion about Dayton, Ohio, this discussion about El Paso, Texas, or the Garlic Festival out in California or wherever, has nothing to do with politics. The The shooter in Dayton, Ohio, can can no more be blamed on Elizabeth Warren than the shooter in Texas can be blamed on Donald Trump. We've we've got to move away from the political discussion and start talking about the difficult issues. The problem is that we have created such an environment, here in the U.S. specifically, we have created such an environment that says, my truth is right for me, and how dare you challenge what I believe to be true. Because my truth is superior to yours. That's a problem. That's, in my opinion, that's a huge problem. So, we can have the discussion, and I think it's an important discussion to have, about gun control, about, about the, the issues of mental health, and, you know, background checks and, and tying mental health records to background checks. We can have the discussion about the failures of the, of the, the law enforcement agencies failing, ignoring the warning signs of so many of these, not doing their jobs, what we saw in, in Florida, in Parkland, when the, the FBI made multiple visits to that young man's home. When police departments were not contacted by the school because we didn't want to make anyone feel bad about being an outcast or, or whatever was going on in that situation. I don't remember all of the details. And again, we're finding out that this, this, uh, this guy in Texas had multiple run-ins with this sort of behavior, multiple warning signs and red flags went up that were ignored. We absolutely have to have that discussion. But the underlying discussion, in my opinion, and call me you know crazy for suggesting so, my, my, my opinion on this is that the, the underlying issue is the spiritual problem of refusing to acknowledge objective, undeniable, unquestionable right and wrong. We tell people that your view of religion, whatever it is, is acceptable and and valuable and equally acceptable and equally as valuable as anyone else's. And we, we say that your view of this, that, or the other situation, or this, that, or the other process of, of decision-making, or whatever it is, ideology, you know, whatever um, philosophy that you hold is equally as valuable as any other. When that's simply not true. Because the people who, who carry these evil twisted ideologies with them begin to believe because of the example they see set through media, 
through culture, through whatever means, social media, whatever it is, they begin to believe that their version of philosophy and ideology is just as acceptable as anyone else's. And the reality is the ideology of white supremacy, the ideology of racism, the ideology of, of any sort of philosophy or, or logical reasoning that leads you to believe that a human life does not hold value is an evil ideology. So, in my opinion, that's where this discussion needs to go. Again, we have to have the, the periphery discussions. And they are, whether you want to believe it or not, they are periphery discussions. They are discussions on the fringe of all of this. The issue of gun control. The issue of, of mental health. The issues of political positions. They are, again, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, they are peripheral issues. The underlying discussion that needs to take place, which sadly, in my opinion, probably never will take place, is the acknowledgement and the existence of evil. And the very simple fact that evil people will do evil things. We have seen this throughout history, in all of humankind. In the Bible, the very first story we hear of, of human interactions is Cain killing his brother Abel. We have been trying to invent and find new and exciting ways of killing each other ever since. There were no guns, there was no gunpowder. Cain simply murdered his brother with the tools he had available to him at the time. As we have developed as a species, we've simply developed new and more effective ways of killing each other. And if you take away the new and effective ways of killing each other, we'll just simply find less effective and, quite honestly, more brutal ways of killing each other. That doesn't mean we don't try and stop it. It doesn't mean we don't try and prevent it. It simply means that it's going to exist. And in burying the, our heads in the sand and ignoring the existence of evil people willing to do evil things will simply put us at greater harm and greater risk of being a victim of such evil. So that is my rant for this week on the Schmidt Show podcast. I, I don't have any links in the show notes. I don't have any articles to reference um, because very little of what I talked about today is being talked about anywhere. It's it's my opinions, it's my views on it. Some of you will agree, some of you will disagree. I appreciate the discussion in 
the Telegram chat room, the Schmidt Show, the Schmidt Heads Telegram chat room. Um, but it's interesting to me that I'm already seeing it there and seeing it, hearing it on my radio show yesterday at the very end of my terrestrial show, a, a gentleman called in. He said, well, don't you believe that there's, there's got to be something done about this? This guy had a thousand, a thousand rounds of ammunition in, with him. Well, I had a thousand rounds of ammunition. I have a thousand rounds of ammunition in my truck or in my car right now in my vehicle. I shoot competitive trap. My son and I shoot our, our trap shooters. I have a thousand rounds of shotgun shells in my vehicle at this very moment. And he said, well, but that's because you're a trap shooter. So that makes sense. I said, yeah. I said, I also have an AR-15 and, and a thousand rounds plus of AR-15 ammunition under my bed at home right now. I said, is that a problem? And his response was, well, it's only if you're a kook. I said, well, who gets to decide if I'm a kook? And his response was, I guess we'll see. And then he hung up and no longer wanted to have the discussion. Those kind of accusations, he, he was essentially suggesting that, the, that as time progresses, the thousands of rounds of ammunition that I keep on hand for various reasons, target shooting and things like that, will eventually corrupt my mind and turn me into a kook. That was, the, that was the, the implication in his statements. Again, blaming inanimate objects for the evil of humanity. And refusing to acknowledge that evil exists. And, and as the old saying goes, right, the, the, the worst thing that can happen is for evil to take place and, and good people to do nothing about it. And that's a, obviously a misquote, but you get the idea. You've heard the story before. So I, I guess with that, we'll wrap up this week's episode of the podcast. Like I said, I don't have any show notes or anything. Um, but I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Go to our Telegram chat group. If you're not on Telegram, you need to download Telegram and uh, search for the Schmidtheads Telegram group and join the group and, and share your thoughts. Be a part of the discussion. Share this podcast, if you would, please. We're trying to grow an audience, and we don't have the financial support that, uh, that so many of the, the various groups and, and, and podcasters have. I don't have the, the financial uh, standing of, of a Joe Rogan or a Jordan Peterson. I don't have the, the fame or, or um, uh, celebrity of somebody like Ben Shapiro. Um, so share the podcast with your friends. And, and if you can, support us on Telegram because it, it, uh, I've been doing this almost a year now. And, and it is time to, to, uh, what do they say as, as it uh, either go or get off the pot. And so we're, uh, we're trying to move forward. We're trying to increase our audience and, and build something of the Schmidt show podcast and create an army of Schmidt heads, uh, regardless of your ideology, regardless of your politics, an army of Schmidt heads that will go out and, uh, uh, just be great human beings. I, I genuinely, I have visions in my head about, you, you hear in the, the intro, Schmidtheads Unite. That, that's intentional. Uh, about a year ago, two years ago, I can't remember exactly, I think it was about two years ago, um, we raised uh, about $1,500 in a matter of 
45 minutes on my terrestrial show for the, um, the Special Olympics in our local community because I was willing to do a polar plunge. I would love to one day be able to uh, raise millions of dollars for some charity or, or create uh, an experience for someone by Schmidtheads uniting. And this is off subject and off discussion, but um, I do have big dreams to do great things. Um, and, and I would love all of you, the Schmidt show listeners, the Schmidtheads to be a part of that, whether it's raising money for charity or, you know, building a house for habitat for humanity or whatever it is. I, I don't even really know. I just would really love to see uh, great things happen. Because great people come together, regardless of ideologies, regardless of politics, and and do amazing things. That's my view, and and my hope. So anyway, if you can if you can support us on Patreon, we'd love it. If you if you would be uh, willing to download Telegram, it's a free app. You can get it for Androids or or Android or or iPhone. You can get it on your computer. There's a PC version of it. There's even a web version of it. Just go to Telegram. Google search Telegram, you know, whatever, um, and download it and join the Schmidtheads um, Telegram group and and share your thoughts. Discuss. Uh, anyway, with that, we will see you next week. It is been or it has been a wonderful time once again, as always, um, doing the podcast. And as we are coming up on our one-year anniversary, very, very quickly, um, it's been a lot of, a lot of good times. The Schmidt Show continues next week. We'll see you then.